Crypto Watch is presented by theconstantinvestor.com. I'm Alan Kohler, and every day my writing and podcasts put the financial world into context with a focus on the issues that matter. Join us today. It's only a dollar for the first month. And now it's time for this week's Crypto Watch. This week's interview is with Gareth Simpson, who's the Trade and Investment Commissioner for Austrade, based in New York. And uh, the reason we're talking to him is because he's just had a delegation of a whole lot of Australian companies in blockchain industries and blockchain businesses uh, at a conference in New York called Consensus 2018, which is run by Coindesk. It's a a huge uh, conference, uh, two or three days uh, on talking about the blockchain and cryptocurrencies. About 7,000 people came, hundreds of speakers, huge thing. It's, the, I guess, the premier event. Anyway, there was a delegation of Australian blockchain industries and, and businesses over, which was um, uh, organised by Austrade, um, and in particular Gareth Simpson, who um, has some interesting things to say about, um, about what Australia is doing in this space and also some ideas about how investors should approach it. So here's Gareth Simpson, the Trade and Investment Commissioner for Austrade, based in New York. Well, Gareth, not that I want to uh, question you at all, but the headline on the media release you put out about the um, big blockchain conference in New, uh, New York, Consensus 2018, um, said uh, you're going to showcase Australia's leadership in blockchain. So have we got leadership, have we? Who knew? I think we do. I think we've got a number of world-leading companies that in a range of different spaces, and I think we can justifiably claim some leadership in terms of transparency and forward-looking regulation and in openness to discussion with the industry about what that regulation needs to be. So I think there are a range of areas where we can justifiably say that we are world-leading, absolutely. And was the feedback at the conference uh, supportive of that idea? Yes, but the Australian story is a good one, and that's part of what we do at Australia is to sort of bring a delegation together that showcases that Australian capability. There is a lot of interest in Australian capability, but it is a small part of the story. Consensus itself is a huge conference. There were 2,700 in 2017, of which Australians made up 1%. This year, it was 7,700. We think there are about 180 Australians, so we've doubled to 2%. So it is a small part of the conference, but there are a lot of multinational and US-based players in particular that are very keen to understand what Australian capability is, what the Australian market looks like as a market in and of itself, um, and whether they could partner or invest and what that might look like. So definitely a lot of interest, absolutely. Um, And what sort of outfits um, were part of our delegation, the Australian delegation? Sure. So to to draw a couple from different areas, um, Civic Ledger, who were also on the delegation last year, they look at government efficiency and simplicity. They lead global solutions for government in complex business processes, such as digitalising services using smart contracts and blockchain technology. Uh, Block Grain, who are agricultural supply management solution, which connects growers, grain brokers, buyers and 
logistics providers to manage supply chains, track storage, deliveries and contracts. Um, Anosi, who were a co-sponsor for us for some of the events that we put on for the delegation, they're a flexible, clean, local energy network um, provider with an open source community platform that allows customers to choose their sources to manage prices um, using smart contracts and therefore to trade excess generation in their community. We also had a number of crypto-specific um, companies that joined the delegation. So Kane from Haven, who I think you've spoken to in the past with his decentralised payment network. Kenya, um, a cryptocurrency marketplace, um, which allows contractors to find and employ professionals globally um, using cryptocurrencies as payments. Uh, and DigitalX, who were also a member of our delegation last year and have grown incredibly since um, and were the first company on blockchain company to list on an international market and they're now focusing on advisory investment and blockchain consulting. So a pretty good range of different firms that show exactly what Australia can do. And do you know whether any of them did any business at the conference? Uh, it's pretty early days yet. Um, there was There are a lot of potential leads that we discuss, some of which we can reveal and some of which we can't. Uh, but I'm very confident that a number of them will have found partners, will have found market opportunities. It should be said that not everyone who comes to this is looking to do a specific deal. Um, a lot of it is about networking, understanding what competitors might be doing, understanding where there could be a partnership down the track and whether there's growth required to get there. But if we look at what we what came out of it last year, there were a number of a number of partnerships, a number of specific deals. We're yet to see too many Australian firms make the leap into the US market, but in a lot of ways I think that's a good thing because we don't want firms taking on the biggest but also the most competitive market until they're ready. Um, one other outcome that I should flag is that um, coming out of it, um, Austrade has signed with um, the Australian Digital Commerce Association a global MOU about partnering to uh, represent the industry around the world and to how we can make best use of conferences to continue to get that Australian story out, which is a real win for, I think, both parts in terms of making sure that the industry gets that global profile. It's a huge thing, this uh, conference, isn't it? Consensus 2018. Um, it's run by Coindesk, I think. But um, uh, as you say, thousands of people go and hundreds of speakers over a couple of two or three days. What um, impression did you get from the conference about what's happening, how, how the uh, how the blockchain business or industry, if you like, is is going, and, and particularly comparing it to last year's and how it's uh, how it's growing? Yeah, look. It's very clear that there are a lot of people at the conference who've done very well over the last year with the growth of cryptocurrency in particular, and there are, there are definitely criti criticisms and critiques about whether it's been taken over completely by the crypto industry. Um, but I think there is more to it than that. There are a lot of really interesting sessions, a lot of really interesting speakers about things such as use of it for um, protecting identity, use of blockchain for procurement and provenance, use of blockchain in delivery of government or development services, for example, in multinational development banks. So I think it plays a role. Um, it will be interesting to see where it goes. I think the organisers, Coindesk, as you say, were perhaps caught a little bit 
uh, unready for how many people attended. I think the website still says they're expecting 4,000 plus. And they had 7,700 and that showed in some ways. Um, it was a bit, a bit of a challenge with logistics. So I think they probably need to do a little bit of thinking about what they do, but they are partnering to deliver um, something under the consensus banner in Singapore later this year, but then also looking at whether there are other things that can be considered under the consensus banner, which might include Australia in the future. Do you think it's now evident that there's a clear distinction now opening up between blockchain as a technology and cryptocurrencies? Yes, definitely at a conference such as Consensus, where it is a sophisticated set of consumers, it's very clear. Um, there's a very clear divide in some ways between those who are seeing it purely as a, as a speculation or an investment and those who are looking at the underlying technology and the myriad of potential use cases. And, and a lot of them are still potential use cases, but there is a, a definite divide between the two. And I think that's a good thing because cryptocurrencies are a very real and important potential use. But uh, the way it could define and change and disrupt a large number of industries is an entirely separate conversation and should be. Yeah. It's interesting that you guys at Austrade have inserted yourselves into this. What's, what's Austrade's role? Yeah, I, I guess I'd like to think we haven't inserted in ourselves. We've given ourselves... It, it, Supporting Australian capability and getting it to the world is part of our basic reason for being. And one of the reasons we can do that, particularly with these um, smaller technology-driven companies that don't have the wherewithal to understand global markets, we do provide basic information and market entry advice and things even through the website. But for something like a consensus conference, which can be a bit overwhelming to a startup or scale-up company from Australia, what we provide is access to our our networks, you know, our unique IP is our client-facing team around the world. Um, so we run a number of events for the delegation that came to consensus. We provided a briefing that um, included Perianne Boring, who's the head of the Digital Commerce Association here. So we brought everyone up to speed on regulatory movements in the US and all of its many jurisdictions. We provided access to HSBC and to Commonwealth Bank to talk about what they were doing in terms of different blockchain approaches and different blockchain pilots. We then run a networking dinner, which included the, the full Australian delegation and then the same number from the New York and Northeast ecosystems, as well as uh, a couple of other speakers to talk about opportunities, for example, in Latin America. Um, and then we also provided some targeted sessions that we ran just for our delegates that were presented by the World Bank and what, what they're doing with their own blockchain innovation lab. So we think we provide quite a lot that an Australian company just coming, particularly to something as big as consensus, um, won't have access to by themselves. Yeah, right. Okay, you mentioned that um, none of the Australians have really broken into the American market yet. Who do you think may be closest to that? Yeah, interesting question. Um, I think a number of the companies that have been a couple of times are starting to look. I should say that uh, Blockchain Global, for example, and Sam Lee and his team, um, originally out of Melbourne, uh, do have a presence here and are looking very seriously at opening one of their blockchain centres. Um, Alongside them, I think companies such as Civic Ledger, who have now got a number of co uh, government contracts and have started to deliver. Um, they've used Ethereum in, to trace transactions for water trade in the Murray-Darling Basin. I think they're very interested in starting to look at tangible opportunities here. Uh, some of our smaller firms, I think, will also start to look at, at niche opportunities in terms of setting up a large-scale 
business, I think we're probably more likely to see some partnerships before we see straight up investment, just because I think that's a very sensible way to approach a market that's as big as the US. I suppose I'm wondering whether you, you could see any Australian businesses in the blockchain area that have a unique approach or a unique technology um, that doesn't really exist in the US? I think most most of the technology applications that we're seeing at the moment exist in some way, shape or form. A lot of companies that uh, were part of our delegation will have competitors in the US, but it might not be an exact competitor. And I would think that a lot of the Australians who are present would, would say that they're their technology is different or is further advanced. So Anosi, for example, who were um, who were a key member of the delegation, uh, believe they've got a broader platform that has uses and applications that none of the other competitors or substitutes in their space have. So I do think we've got a number, but because the use cases and because the business models are nascent, it's difficult to say that they're that they're the only ones and that there isn't any competition in the market. I, I think it's unlikely that too many companies will be able to come from Australia to the US and say that nobody here is doing anything similar. Yeah, well, it's pretty active, isn't it? I mean, there's so much going on in the area. It's pretty pretty hard to uh, uh, stand out, I guess, isn't it? Exactly. I mean, this is where there's the most investment, there's the most driving and, and behind the industry. Uh, and that means that it is, you're spot on. It's hugely active and it's going to be competitive. But one of the things that we think we can do from Australia is, is make Australian firms aware and attractive. And hopefully in the long run, of course, the idea is that as the industry continues to, to scale and grow and then starts um, to go through a normal industry like a life cycle and condense into fewer players, that you know, some of those can be Australian. Gareth, um, uh, our, our subscribers on the Constant Investor are sort of general investors, you know, looking for ways to, you know, to, to improve their lot, I guess. Um, uh, you, and you're a generalist in trade and investment and so on. Um, uh, give us some sense of, of where you think this is heading uh, as a kind of a, somebody who's come at it, who's not an expert in the area, but looking at it from yeah, as a relatively sophisticated person who's, who's been kicking around trade and so on for a while. Uh, how would you approach this area as an investor? Uh, I think I think I guess there are two parts to that. The first is as with any investment, it depends on your appetite for risk and whether you your, your term of investment. But I think for those that are willing to look at the longer term investment in, in the underlying technology rather than cryptocurrency speculation and current investment, which is fine in and of itself, but is volatile um, and is still poorly understood and subject to any number of influences. It's a, sort of almost a definition of a chaotic system. Um, I think that the underlying technologies themselves and the use cases that are going to start to gain early and significant success that would be the place to invest. So within Australia, we are, again, quite forward-leaning in ICOs and uh, making those transparent. We haven't gone down the route of some other governments in terms of banning them completely. And that's definitely an opportunity if you think you understand what's on offer through the ICO. Um, but I also think we'll start to see more firms list. Um, I referenced Digital X earlier, and you know, Lee and his team were the first blockchain company to be listed on a major stock exchange. Um, 
I think we'll start to see that as as we get some early winners in a broad range of industries. If I was to pick one or two, I guess, and not just sort of rely on vagaries, vagaries, I think provenance and supply chains, particularly in things like agriculture, are a really positive early opportunity, particularly for Australian companies, given both that they are very advanced and I've talked about uh, about block grain, but agri-digital is another one. Um, and the reliance and importance of that sector to Australia means that we've probably got a competitive advantage over many other countries in the world. So I think that would be one sector that I would be looking at for as an early investment opportunity. Yeah, right. Okay, well, that's great. It's been fascinating talking to you, Gareth. Thanks a lot. No problem at all. Thanks, Alan. That was Gareth Simpson, the Trade and Investment Commissioner for Austrade in New York.